right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as I am recording this following the Denver Nuggets' loss to the Memphis Grizzlies' final score, 106-97. This wasn't a bad loss. Let me just be frank about that. This was a very good example of the NBA season is very long. You didn't get the best effort from your guys on the shooting side of things. The defense was fine, nothing to sneeze at, but the shots just didn't go down. And Denver loses a road game to a good team. I think that Memphis is a good team, and I don't think that anybody would argue with me at this point after watching them and watching what John Morant has accomplished uh, just through seven games of the season here. He is a superstar. He is a an elite MVP caliber candidate. Uh, it probably won't happen this year. The Grizzlies probably aren't going to win enough games. I think that if they get to 45, 48, they should be very happy with that. Uh, but the MVP goes to somebody who usually wins 50 games or more. And that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But what John Morant does for the Memphis Grizzlies it should feel very similar to what Nikola Jokic does for the Nuggets. It's not to the same degree. Let me be clear about that. I think that Jokic is a far better player, at least for the impact of his team. But Morant is pretty great too, and the Nuggets did not have an answer for him, Uh, whether it was Will Barton, whether it was Monte Morris, whether it was anybody on Denver's godforsaken bench. Uh, They just didn't have it. Uh, They went to Aaron Gordon once, and Aaron Gordon couldn't keep up with him on the way to the rim. And that's fine. It's like you didn't bring in Aaron Gordon to stop John Morant. You brought him in to stop Luka Doncic and LeBron James and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and guys like that. Denver is going to have to figure out a way to stop guards from killing them. That has been sort of a prevailing topic for the start of this season, at least to this point. And I'm a little bit worried about Denver's defense from the perspective of, okay, Jokic has been really good for the start of this year. The Nuggets have been really great defensively. But Aaron Gordon can't be the only elite man-on-man defender. There has to be somebody in the backcourt who does those things as well. And I don't think that the Nuggets have that guy yet at least not a guy that can match up with John Morant and and give him some trouble. I thought that most of John Morant's misses were uh, self-induced to the point where he had to take some tough shots. He was taking some spinning shots, fall away shots, uh, things where it, it wasn't necessarily like great shooting from him, but that dude can fly. He he's really, really good. Very, very impressed with him so far. He's got a good case. Don't get me wrong. I think that this game was more about the Nuggets, though. And it was more about how Jokic was good. He wasn't great tonight. 23 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 blocks, 3 turnovers. Uh, That's a pretty good game for Jokic, especially he does that on 9 of 15 shooting. Only 2 of 6 from 3, though he did hit a couple. He was good. He was good. I I don't think anybody would argue that he wasn't good. I don't think he was great. I think that there were definitely times where he could have taken over. 
I'm not going to hold that against him because this is game seven of an 82-game season before the playoffs even begin. And Denver has some things to figure out with the rest of their group. They can't just turn to Nikola Jokic every single time and hope that he's going to carry them. Because the fact is, is that he will carry them to 500. But somebody else is going to have to step up at some point in time in order to elevate Denver further beyond that. Last year, it was Jamal Murray eventually. This year, it's been Will Barton, but these last two games have not been good. Uh, They've been extremely inefficient from Will, and usually it would be Michael Porter in this case. Tonight, Aaron Gordon was the second leading scorer with 15 points, Uh, but Denver's going to need more than that. They're going to need more than Jokic on on a night where he just gets 23. They're going to need somebody else to go get more, or they're going to need this bench to start doing something uh, a little bit better than what they've done so far, because it's getting ridiculous to this point. Aaron Gordon was pretty good. Uh, I didn't think he started off that great. He he let Jaron Jackson Jr. get free uh, for three shots or for for three threes. Excuse me. The the third one was a banked in three that was kind of fluky. As was the hook shot that he got against Gordon, where he kind of got him down into the paint. But Gordon was playing great defense, and he just kind of like flipped up a shot with his left hand that didn't really have a prayer, but the prayer was answered anyway. Uh, those were the only four shots that Jaron Jackson hit all night. He was in foul trouble for most of the time. Uh, but Denver didn't have any answers for Tyus Jones off the bench and Xavier Tillman and guys like that, where we're going to get to them in the second segment mostly, but it was just fine. Like it, There was nothing tonight that really stood out from Denver, especially in the starting unit where you're like, oh man, red flag, that's really bad. Uh, they just didn't hit shots. 9 of 38 from 3, 23.7%. Uh, Denver does go 10 of 15 from the free throw line. They keep missing these free throws, and, and the one time where they actually get at least a couple of extra free throws is the time where they miss a bunch too. Uh, Had they made their free throws tonight, this game would have been 106-102 Memphis, and then you get a couple made threes going your way, and then the Nuggets would have won. This wasn't such a crazy loss that I'm really worried about it. It really did feel like the definition of a make-or-miss league kind of night, where the Nuggets hit nine threes, the Grizzlies hit 13, they shoot 38% from three, the Grizzlies won by 12. Or no, they won by nine. But the difference in threes was 12. And that's your ballgame right there. Despite the fact that the bench was bad. Despite the fact that Denver has all these issues. Not all these issues. Like, they're fine. Again, the Grizzlies are a pretty good squad. But it just didn't feel like that Denver gave a A A-plus effort tonight on the execution side, on the uh, whatever side. It was a C game, and their C games are going to not get the job done against a good basketball team, especially one like Memphis where they have a star who cannot really be contested 
by what the Nuggets are consistently doing at this point. As I said, Jokic was good. He wasn't great. Aaron Gordon was pretty good. He wasn't perfect. Like I said, he let Jaron Jackson Jr. get some shots off, and those shots ended up making a big difference. Monte Morris, he was fine. He didn't really have anything for John Morant while he was out there, and he did need to hit some threes, but you could say that about everybody on Denver's team. Literally everybody, actually. Michael Porter is one guy that we probably need to talk about. He was also fine. I thought he was legitimately good in the first half, despite no three-pointers, not really getting a bunch of touches, but I thought he was filling in the gaps pretty well, rebounding the ball, making some plays for Nikola Jokic. He hit some mid-range jumpers. The effort, the execution, it was really good for about 2.5 quarters, two and a half. And then he missed some shots, and he missed an open three. He got blocked under the rim, and I thought that he let those plays kind of dictate the rest of his game, where he wasn't getting back into the picture in transition, kind of loafed back on on multiple possessions in a row. Grizzlies hit two threes, six points right there. And then in the fourth quarter, when he came back in, Kyle Anderson had so little fear of him that he just put him in pick and roll and kind of put him in rotation most of the time. And Kyle Anderson scored three straight buckets with Michael Porter on him. And that's not great because Kyle Anderson has been pretty bad this year. He hasn't been able to hit any shots. But Michael Porter kind of gave him the opportunity to do so, and he did. He cannot, Porter, Porter cannot let missing shots affect him again. He was close to having a good, engaged game for 48 minutes. For every minute that he was on the floor, despite the fact that he wasn't getting touches, uh, despite the fact that he's not super involved in everything right now because everybody knows that he's missing shots and they're going away from him. Despite all those things, he was doing well. I thought he was playing pretty well. I thought he was giving really good effort, flying around out there, making extra passes, trying to get his hands in passing lanes, uh, doing what he could on both ends of the floor to kind of make up for the fact that he wasn't playing very well, at least as a shooter. And then he kind of let the rest of it spiral. And that's the sign of a young player. Focused for some time, focused for even the majority of the time. But when you don't focus in for 48 minutes, you let it slip up just a little bit, you fade into those bad habits, then it's going to impact the rest of the team. Now, I'm not going to rag on him a whole bunch because clearly he's in his own head about the three-point stuff. He even missed a couple free throws tonight. It's it's getting painful. Uh, he was the fourth leading scorer on the team tonight. Uh, didn't take the fourth most shots. Only took the fifth most shots. Uh, but it's getting to the point where the Nuggets are looking around, waiting for him to break out, and he's not delivering. And that in and of itself is a really big problem. Because for whatever reason, 
he's not getting the shots that he needs. He's not converting on the shots that he does get. And the impact of what he's doing is making the Nuggets a worse basketball team. Despite the fact that they were positive when he was on the floor tonight. He's still got some things to worry about. He's still got some things to figure out. The Nuggets didn't give themselves a chance tonight by not hitting threes. If they hit the open shots, then they give themselves a chance. But the fact is is that they're not giving themselves a chance right now with the way that the offense is going. And they are going to continue to struggle until the offense gets back on track. When we come back, we are going to discuss a what is seemingly a daily segment of the bench unit being awful. We'll be right back. We're back. Pickaxe and Roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be awesome. The program continues to grow. I've seen some really great numbers over the course of this last week. So I I really appreciate that from everybody. Uh, If you can, share out the program. I continue to try to do big work, uh, big things, and I hope that it reaches... Nuggets fans as far and wide as I possibly can. So thank you so much. All right. Uh, As I mentioned before, Grizzlies 106, Nuggets 97. This segment is going to be touching on the bench unit again, which continues to uh, really flounder. It is Denver's biggest issue by far right now. And despite the struggles that Michael Porter is having, despite the, the overall... Uh, shooting struggles of the team. The worst thing for the Nuggets right now is that I have no idea how they are going to right this ship on the bench unit. I think I know, but it relies on a rookie being really good. And the fact of the matter is that you don't usually get those. Like, Bones Highland may be very good. Bones Highland may get to a place where he is the savior of the bench unit, where they can center themselves around him. And I don't know. It just it just seems like the bench unit as a group is a fundamental failure. And here's what I'm talking about. Jeff Green tonight. Minus 14 in 20 minutes. Uh, Missed both of his threes. Finally grabbed some rebounds. He grabbed four rebounds tonight. Dished out three assists. Lost a couple turnovers. I thought he was the worst Denver defender tonight. I thought that Jeff Green, and going back and watching, he was a minus 14. Uh, It wasn't just about the plus minus, though, with him. It's that I think that he was not fully there in terms of making the best possible rotations and decisions on defense. Jamichael Green, minus nine in 15 minutes. Every time he steps on the floor, 
He is a liability right now to commit a screening foul. He has committed the most offensive fouls in the NBA. That's probably going down. Uh, that, I mean, not going down, but he didn't get, commit one tonight. Uh, but he's liable. And the fact that he's liable every single time and the fact that he's not really doing much of else on the offensive end of the floor is a really big issue. Now, he did have nine points tonight. He did that on four of six shooting, one of three from three. He did airball a three. And he grabbed three rebounds, had a steal and a block. He was also not great defensively tonight. P.J. Dozier, minus 10 in 19 minutes. P.J. is a really tough one for me because I really like his game. I think that he's somebody who could be impactful in the right situation. But I struggle to know whether Denver can get to that situation or not right now. Because right now, uh, seven points, three of six from th- uh, from the field, one of four from three. If he hits another three, then he's at 10 points on four of six, two of four from three. So like, I think the shooting's going to be there with him. I think he's just rattled out a couple of them. And he'll eventually get back to that point. Had just one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. One's across the board tonight, even had one personal foul. Uh, He's fine, but it's safe to say that PJ has not been a great, impactful player on that second unit. Maybe it's the context of being in that unit and that kind of dragging dragging him down a little bit. But I can't really remember a lot of possessions from PJ where he's making an elite rotation or... He is making an elite pass for an assist for a dunk or for a three. It just kind of feels like he's there, but not really there, if that makes any sense at all. There's Faku Kambazo, uh, minus 10 in 16 minutes tonight. Faku was atrocious. Faku was really, really bad tonight. And the only shot that he hits was one where he passed up such a wide-open three that the defense was shocked that he still had the ball in his hands and kind of let him into the lane where he he hit a scoop shot floater kind of shot. Uh, That was really uncontested. Missed his other two shots, which were both threes. Faku's having a really difficult time impacting the game in any way, shape, or form. One rebound, zero assists. Zero steals, one block, had a strip on a uh, on a shot attempt, which they counted as a block and not a steal. He is zipping around on the perimeter right now, trying to do so much, trying to get into passing lanes, poke balls free, uh, contest every shot that he possibly can. But the problem is that tonight he was guarding Tyus Jones. And Tyus Jones was taking absolute advantage of that, where when Faku Kampazo would leave Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones would get the ball and hit a three. Tyus Jones finished five of seven from three tonight for 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two steals, and killed Faku, just absolutely decimated him. 
it's really tough to watch that because Faku has had his moments where he has been killing opposing bench point guards as well. And I do like Tyus Jones, but if Tyus Jones is the one who's killing you and is just absolutely destroying the Nuggets bench lineup, that says more about Denver's bench lineup than it does about Tyus Jones, in my opinion. Here are the numbers for that bench unit. The quartet of Faku, um, yeah, of of Faku, PJ, Jeff, and Jamichael. They are minus 50 in 55 minutes. They have a minus 41.7 net rating. The second worst net rating in the entire NBA among four-man units to play 50 minutes is the Houston Rockets starting unit, where they are starting multiple or they're starting a rookie in Jalen Green. They're giving him free reign. They're starting Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard, where he's never really played point guard before. And they are tanking their asses off. And they've only gotten to a minus 23.6 net rating. Denver's at minus 41.7. And both sides are bad. Both sides are at issue here, where the offense is a 78.9 offensive rating, which is just ridiculous. But the defensive rating isn't much better, where it's 120.7. That lineup, especially with Faku, BJ, Jeff, and Jamichael, was supposed to be good defensively, where they were the trusted veteran group. They were the team, they were the group, where you could always fall back on them to keep the game close. But they haven't done that. By turning the ball over consistently, by giving the opposing team free runouts in transition, always prevented from, like, usually teams struggle on offense when they have to take the ball out of their own net every possession. The Nuggets aren't forcing the opponent to do that right now, in any way, shape, or form. I haven't mentioned Will Barton tonight, and I want to mention him here. He was utilized tonight as the only starter who staggered, the only guy who was playing with that second unit. Sometimes it's been Austin Rivers, now it's Will Barton. And Will wasn't good tonight. He was one of eight from the field. Minus 14 on the game, tied for the worst with Jeff Green. Four points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, two turnovers. One of eight from the field. I'm not going to blame Will Barton for this lineup. I think that Will Barton has struggled, and that's an issue. But objectively, any player would have a really difficult time elevating the group that Denver has put out there so far. Faku Campazo is a non-factor from the outside. Jeff Green, Jamichael Green have been non-factors from three-point range. They can't hit shots. Nobody can. P.J. Dozier is the best shooter on that group, and he shot one of four tonight and is probably going to be about 30% from three, 33% from three on the season. That group needs more spacing. They need somebody maybe multiple somebodies, to come into the game and act like they've hit shots before. 
This specific configuration of players is not going to work. They are losing Denver games over and over and over again. The Nuggets were minus nine on this game. Jamichael Green was the best plus minus on the bench unit at minus nine. Oh, wait. No, never mind. Bones Highland was the best. Because in 16 minutes, despite shooting three of 10 from the field, Bones Highland was a plus two. For eight points, one assist, one rebound, two steals. Didn't shoot the ball efficiently, but it didn't matter because he was with Jokic. He was with Porter. He was with Denver starters. And they were able to put forth a lineup that made sense. And I'm all for Bones playing, but him being paired with the starting unit only so far. And that's really what his his rotation has been so far. He has not spent a lot of time with, like, I don't think he's spent barely any time with P.J. Dozier. Uh, But most of the time he spent with Monte Morris, with Nikola Jokic, and with Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon. And that lineup has been really good. Last game, it was Will Barton instead of Monte Morris at times, and they were good. But I could be good with Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and either Will Barton or Monte Morris. Anybody can. It is not hard to be good when you're being paired with Nikola Jokic. And the Nuggets aren't trying to put a lot of pressure on Bones Highland initially. And I get that. You don't want to kill his confidence immediately. But the Nuggets need solutions now. They are losing games. They're getting their ass kicked by Tyus Jones and Xavier Tillman with an assist from Desmond Bain. And I know that Michael Porter had his struggles. I know that Monte Morris struggled out of the gate, but those didn't affect Denver's plus minus. They were still able to be functional with that starting unit, probably because they have the MVP. That really helps. But Jokic can't play 48 minutes. Somebody has to step up with that group. And right now, it's got to be Michael Malone. He's got to make some hard decisions. They might include benching Faku Campazo. They might include benching Jeff Green or Jermichael Green, who have both been bad. But either way, you got you to change something up. You can't keep running out the same exact group. We now know that Faku, Barton, PJ, Jeff Green, and Jermichael Green is not a solution. At least not right now. We also know that Faku, Austin Rivers, PJ, Jeff Green, and Jermichael Green is not a solution. It's now time to figure out if Faku bones PJ, Jeff Green, and Jermichael Green as a solution or not. And Denver should try that lineup at least once. If it doesn't work, which I am inclined to think that it won't, then you're going to have to figure out a way to play Bones while also staggering a starter. And that means that either Faku or PJ or Jeff or Jermichael is going to have to sit down. Because they have not been good, and Denver can't keep letting mediocrity and subpar play dictate their record when they have an MVP caliber player who is capable of winning them games if they just give 10 good minutes.
That's it. When we come back, it's Monday night. It's still Monday. I know you'll listen to this on Tuesday, but that's okay. Let's do some Monday positivity. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Final segment. Pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you stayed tuned in, tuned in for that rant, uh, thank you because uh, I probably don't deserve it. Frankly, like overreacting after Game Seven is not a big thing, and I do want to say once again that this is not a big deal. This this game, this one in particular, losing to Memphis on the road is not a big deal. It happens. It happens to a lot of teams. And if you get back Porter shooting well at some point, Jokic maybe takes over a little bit down the stretch. Denver could have absolutely won this game. They're not a worse team than Memphis. I don't think anybody believes that. And once they actually learn how to hit a shot, throw a pee in the ocean, they might even be a good team. It'd be great. Okay. Monday positivity. Let's get out of this negative mindset. Let's try to figure this out. The first thing that really comes to mind when you say Monday positivity is that, look, this is one game. As I've said, we're in game seven. We're very early on this. Denver's had some struggles that they've had to get through. One thing that they haven't struggled with is defense. They've been really, really good on the defensive end. And the fact that this was their second worst game defensively where they only gave up 106 and a 107 defensive rating, that says a lot about this group, that they've figured some things out on that end where they can make it work. Now, they can't continue to be awful offensively, but they'll eventually figure that out. They have the MVP. They've shot so far below their expectation That the regression is going to occur at some point, and when it does, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see the Nuggets hit 23s in a game. You're going to see them score 130 points in a game, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Denver isn't a team that relies on free throw shooting in order to be a great basketball team, but they do rely on shot making, and they haven't hit shots, and that is one of the reasons why they've struggled to this point. But that will eventually turn around, led by Michael Porter Jr., who has really struggled. This is one of the worst stretches of his entire career, and he's clearly in his own head. I would much rather be in his own head in Game 7 out of 82 of the regular season than in Game 7 of the Western Conference semifinals, where the Nuggets are in a really tough place and they need to be at their best. I'd rather him go through the trials and tribulations now than later in the year. He'll eventually figure some stuff out. I have full faith in that. This Nuggets team, they have Nikola Jokic. And he's due for another absurd performance very soon because he can't just have a good game. He has to have great games, and he usually does. This was one exception to that, where... It was fine, it was good, but it wasn't great. And in the past, he's been 
G-R-E-A-T against Stephen Adams and the Memphis Grizzlies. He will be better on Wednesday. Count on it. It's also not just the Nuggets who are struggling offensively. It's a lot of teams out there that are really struggling. Denver is, they're like any other team. They're struggling to figure out the new shooting rules. They have definitely reaped the benefit of those on the defensive end. On the offensive end, not quite yet. But the defense, it's still decent. It will eventually be worse. But right now, it's been really, really good. And I'm really excited for when Denver ultimately, when they have that boost offensively, it's going to coincide with a good game defensively, maybe even a good week defensively. And Denver's going to rattle off some really dominant wins. I feel very good about that, that once they have the, the offense click, and it usually does, at least in some way, shape, or form, once the offense clicks, the defense is going to line up as well, and they're going to be very, very good. They're going to look unbeatable at some point. And whether it coincides with shortening the rotation and staggering some guys, whether it coincides with a starter that wasn't necessarily performing well, uh, breaking out and doing some great stuff, they could absolutely make that work. Barton's not going to shoot one of eight every game. Porter is going to hit some threes at some point. If both of those things happen at the same time, good Lord, Denver might actually be a really good offense at some point. And if they're a really good offense and a really good defense, you know where they can go from here. And here's the kicker. If the Nuggets win on Wednesday, they play the Memphis Grizzlies again. It is really, really difficult for a team to win over another team twice in a row. That's why you play playoff series. That's why you do all those things in order to decide who the best teams are. When you play a series and you have a team show that it's better than the other, it's pretty definitive. The Nuggets are going to go back into FedEx Forum in Memphis, and they're going to put forth a better effort than they did tonight. Aaron Gordon said that the effort, that the focus wasn't great in shoot-around on Monday, and he felt that that carried into the rest of the game. You don't think that's going to light a fire under some people? You don't think that people are going to give better effort in general? That Jokic is going to take that? Hell no. He's going to be much better. If the Nuggets get a win on Wednesday, then you have two days off before you have a date with the Houston Rockets at home. On Saturday, the Nuggets are going to debut their new uniforms, which I, 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 I'll I, be positive on this one. I'm open to them being good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't want to be a hater. I don't really get it. I think that it's really busy. I think that you probably should have kind of simplified the color style at least a little bit uh, because there's just a lot going on and there's supposed to be because it's about the history and it's a kind of a collage of Denver's history as a basketball team. But whatever, they're going to play well in those new uniforms. 
They're going to play over the Houston Rockets. They're going to have a good game. And if Denver wins on Wednesday, and if they win on Saturday, you bounce back, you play pretty well, and suddenly you're six and three. You go from four and three right now to six and three, and you feel pretty good about the start of the season. Where you've had a couple games here or there where you're not super happy about the results, but most for the most part, you've taken care of business. And that's going to be really good. It's going to be a really good feeling that if in the, the initial part of the season where you really struggled offensively, you were trying to find your way, but you still came out of it on the other side with a really positive record, then you're in a good spot. In a very, very good spot. And to top it off, Bones Highland. Young, exciting rookie who is very fun to watch. He's playing more and more frequently. And it seems like the Nuggets are very comfortable going to him as an offensive creator, as somebody who can give a boost to whichever lineup he's a part of. Right now, the Nuggets are using him in a an interesting stagger where he's playing in the second quarter and the fourth quarter, in the last two games especially. And he's given Denver some good minutes for sure. Been really impressed with what I've seen from him. And the, I, I hope that he continues to establish himself because I think that his skill set, like I've said before on this program, is extremely important for what the Nuggets need. And I'm willing to bet that by the time things settle down, by the time we get into a full rhythm of where the season is going to go, Bones Highland's going to be a part of things. And he's going to be a larger part of things than he is right now because he's good. He's confident, he's exciting, and he's got a skill set that the Nuggets desperately need. And they're going to go to him. I fully believe that. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, I should be back tomorrow. I should have a special guest. I'm really excited to see if I can make that happen. And if I can, then we're going to have a really good Nuggets conversation. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what we have to say, because I think Nuggets fans will be pretty interested. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.